0: So if you are taking notes you can write down this title Running with the vision Running with the vision It's not physical running and although we need vision to physically run this is a different kind of running kind of running with the vision but you can write that in your notes or write that as a title that we're going to be running with the vision And so the series that we've been going through is to help us understand the four circles of New Hope Hilo Hawaii, and we've been going through that so that we as the church learn to continue to partner with each other so that we can reach people for Jesus Christ. So if you've been here for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the four circles and and how we can run with that vision, how each person plays a part, that it's not going to be just the staff or the pastors, it's going to be all of us that will make this vision work. And it may not happen how you want it to happen or how I want it to happen, but if we all pull together and focus on the Lord and do what He has called us to be, this vision will happen how God wants it to happen. And that's our heart. We want to reach the lost in the way that God has called us to reach the lost. The method may be different. The way we go about it in each individual life may be different in how we reach people. But when we do it God's way, then people will come to know Jesus as Lord. And so every person plays a big part in reaching new people. As Dr. Kyle was saying, there are new people constantly coming to our church on Sunday mornings and even Wednesday nights. So we want to reach out to them because they too are looking for a Savior. Remember where we were before we came to know Jesus Christ? We were in desperate need of a Savior. But after a while, we can forget that we were in desperate need of a Savior So what we always want to remind ourselves is that I should be in desperate need of Jesus today. Just like the first day I met him. I should still have that hunger for Christ, hunger for his word, hunger for worship, hunger for prayer and sitting before him. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. How can we run with this vision? So tonight when we look at this scripture Ephesians four, eleven and twelve, this is like our foundation scripture for our Wednesday night equipping disciple. That he himself, speaking of Jesus Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. If you're a saint here tonight, raise your hand. I, I'm raising my hand. Not that kind of saint like, oh, I'm I'm so well behaved, but a saint as you believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, if you believe in Jesus, you're being equipped because you're a saint. For the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So this is our foundation. This is what we believe that God has called some to be in these areas so that we could be equipped to do the works of ministry. And we're not being equipped so that we can know more, so that we can know better than someone else, so that we can show off scripture memory. It's so that we can do the work of ministry. And the work of ministry, there are are various areas to serve in. Right now, you have people working behind the scenes for everything to operate tonight. And not just in here, but in the fellowship hall, the courtyard, in our prayer room, in our children's wing, in our nursery. We have tons of volunteers who are saints, and they're equipped to do the works of ministry. Just like how these cameras are going right now on the video screen. We record this so for those of us who may miss a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, we record Sunday mornings also, we have it online. It doesn't happen just magically. It happens as a result of the saints being equipped to do the works of ministry. And how often I'll hear people say, oh, I was visiting and I wanted to find a church and I found you online And I watched some of the videos on Sunday morning, and we just wanted to check out the church. And people move here and find this church because the saints do the work of the ministry. And so when people are across the ocean, they're in the the mainland, they can view us online and and kind of prepare to come here to church if they're going to move here. We also have college students who go online online and they hear the Word of God because this is their home church. They love being here. They love the teachings. Sometimes they can't find a church nearby, or some of them are just, they're just shy about it. They don't want to find another church, but they get the Word of God because the saints are being equipped to do the work of ministry. We had dinner tonight. Some of you ate a plate tonight, some, or, or two, or three. Some of you ate tonight, The food didn't magically appear. We didn't order the food. We have people who are equipped as cooks to do the works of the ministry. We have our children's ministry and our youth ministry, that they're equipped to do the works of ministry so that our youth and children can grow up knowing Jesus Christ. Can you see how all of us put together makes up the body of Christ so that we can do the works of ministry to edify the body of Christ. It's not going to be one person. This is not a one-man show. This is all of us as the body of Christ put together to accomplish the works of Jesus Christ. No one more important than the other. We all need each other, every member working together, doing their part so that the kingdom of God can be advanced. And so tonight as we talk about running with the vision, I want you to ponder on this question. And if you want to write it down to remember it, you can do that. But the question is this, what are you running with? What are you running with? When it comes to vision, what are you running with? What is, what is the vision of your life? Are you, are you running with something or are you just existing? that you don't really have vision for your life. It's just, well, I I live, I work, I I support my family, or I I provide for my family. Uh, That's kind of what I do. Uh, I come to church or or I serve. But do you have a vision for your life? Do you have something that you can say, that is what I'm destined to become. This is who God made me to be. Now maybe you don't have the full picture of, oh, this is the, this is the finalization of my life. Maybe you just have a glimpse, maybe just a little bit of a, a goal in mind or, or, or something just ahead. And you're saying, that's, that's what I need to strive for. And maybe by doing that, God opens another door. Then he opens more. And then as you continue to move with this vision, you start running with it. And then God shows you who you're called to be. And then it just resonates in your soul and you say, nothing will stop me from becoming who God made me to be. Nothing is going to hold me back. Why? Because he has equipped me to do the work of the ministry so that I can edify the body of Christ. And without you, without you edifying the body of Christ, being a part of the body of Christ, we have a missing piece. Everyone plays a part. You are all important in the kingdom of God. Every member does its part. And it matters what you do for the Lord because He called you to live for Him. And so we all have this calling by Him. We're looking at the four circles of New Hope. Our services, our small groups, uh, serving, and then stewardship. Our services are Sundays and Wednesdays, small groups. We have our ministries, uh, I go to our men's ministry on uh, Saturday mornings. And so if you uh, can get up at, and arrive here at 7 o'clock in the morning, I want to invite you to our men's ministry. It is such a powerful time uh, to be together with just the men. Like we can learn here, and this is great. We can learn together as the church. and We can come and gather on Sunday mornings but the difference with Saturday mornings, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all. Please catch my heart. The difference with Saturday mornings is, one, it's a smaller group, but two, there are no women there. And I'm not saying that in a, again, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in a good way because we all let our guards down. Plus, Pastor Ward teaches so well. I call him Coach. And we call it Coach's Corner. Right, Hannah? We were there Saturday morning. Hannah is there Saturday mornings. And it's just a great time for us to learn together. And Pastor Ward challenges us. So if you, as the wives are saying, well, I don't know if my husband should go, (laughs) pray, not that if he should go, but pray that God would make a way so that he could go. Because it is such a time for us to get together, and not just in a smaller group, but even in our men's ministry, we break up into smaller groups. So we have like three or four men on the table, and Pastor Ward gives us a a table talk question, and for the past month, he's been drilling it into our minds that this Saturday is Valentine's Day. Yes. Every week he tells us, guys, it is Valentine's Day coming up. Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. And he teaches us how to be men who remembers Valentine's Day so that we can score points with our spouses on Valentine's Day. Literally, score points. He said, keep a scoreboard. It's Coach's Corner. So he uses a lot of sports analogies. So men, I'm inviting you to be here Saturday mornings, 7 o'clock. We worship together. We eat breakfast together. And then we get into the word of God. But that's where small groups come in. And then we have our serving. We have our church where we serve or outreaches that we do or missions that we have. And then stewardship is how we take care or invest in our spirit, our family, our health, our mind, our finances, or the time that we have. So we want to look at these four circles. And the question is not just knowing this, but the question now is how do we run with this? What do I do now? After I know these four circles and I understand about services and small groups and doing Bible studies or devotions or activity groups or serving in the church or being a wise steward, what do I do with that? Now, how does that? How does that play out in running with this vision that God has given to us as a church? Well, I want to sum it up in this statement that we all partner together in our hopes to reach our family and friends. That's that's our hope. We partner together in our attempts to reach our family and friends. That's the hope of all of us working together to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's what this vision is all about. It's so that people can find hope. There is no hope in this world. There is none. We can try to do well with uh, economics, we can do well with peace programs, we can do well with uh, nations rising up to the challenge of doing well, we can, we can do well with uh, businesses and, and, and great with those things, but the world can only reach a certain ceiling, and then that's it. But with Jesus Christ, He is the hope of the world when the world seems hopeless, and that's why we say we want to partner together in our attempts to reach our family and friends. We want to do that well. And we do it by reaching the lost one relationship at a time. I want to read this uh, passage of Scripture for us in how we run with this vision. And I know it's a little small, but I'll read it. And I, want to, I wanted to keep it up here so that I can refer to it back and forth. But the prophet Habakkuk, Habakkuk <laughs> said... I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. He's speaking of God. And how I may reply when I am reproved. So Habakkuk is basically kind of bringing some complaints to God in the earlier chapters. And now he's standing on guard guarding his post, as a prophet. A prophet would separate himself from the people so that he could hear revelations from God, not as an outward voice coming in, but an inward spiritual thing that God would do in his heart and that God would speak to him in in the inward man. So now Habakkuk is waiting for God's voice. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail, though it tarries or is slow or takes a while. Wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. So when Habakkuk is thinking about this and and thinking about the Lord and, okay, God, I have these things that I want to address, what are you saying? And so he says, this is what you need to do. And so Habakkuk stands guard on his post, and then he waited to see what the Lord would say. And so here are some things that we want to learn as we run with the vision that God has given to us. I'm going to give us four key principles in how we can run with this vision. And it's going to start in this way. It's going to start in our personal lives in this way. Number one, to be responsible for my post. My post. Be responsible for my post. Not responsible for somebody else's post. Not responsible for someone else's life. Not responsible for someone else's relationship with Jesus Christ. But that I would be responsible for my post where God has posted me. That you're responsible as a husband. That God posted you as a husband. God posted you as a wife. That's your post. You don't leave your post. God called you to be a father or a mother. That's your post. You're responsible to be a father or a mother. Maybe for some of you, your post is serving Christ. That you serve in a ministry. That's your post. That's what God has called you to do. And so you're responsible in that kind of way. This is who I am. I'm being responsible for my post. Then you may have your post in your own mind thinking, okay, my post is actually a, a leadership position at work. That's my post. I want to do that well. You're responsible for that. No one else is going to be responsible for it. You're responsible for your spiritual growth with the Lord. That's your post. That no one else is going to be responsible for your spiritual growth in the Lord. It's your post. That's who you are. And God's going to grow you. Because you're responsible and accountable to yourself. Someone asked me a while back that uh, if I could keep them accountable in different areas in their life, uh, spiritually, uh, emotionally, uh, even with their health, and they said, well, can you just keep me accountable? And, and this is what I said, and I believe this was from the Lord because there's no way I could think this up. I said, I can only hold you accountable as much as you hold yourself accountable. I can't hold you any more accountable than you're willing to hold yourself accountable. Otherwise, when I ask you questions, you can lie to me. But if you keep yourself accountable, the higher you keep yourself accountable, the more I can help you keep yourself accountable. If you just rely on me, then when you see me, oh, I'm well behaved. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good boy in front of you. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. Oh. Pastor Sheldon coming. Hold my hand. Okay, let's love each other. Why? Because I'm accountable to him, so I have to be accountable. Oh, he's going to ask me, did I go out on a date night? So I better go out on a date night tonight so that when he sees me, he's going to ask me, did you go out on a date night? Yes, I did go out on a date night. Did you love it? Not really, but I went. (laughs) I can only, and you can only keep someone as much as they keep themselves accountable if they're asking you to keep them accountable. We can only do so much. So we got to be responsible for our post ourselves. And the question is, what is your post? Who has God called you to be? What has God called you to guard? What has He called you to guard? Is it your family? Is it, is it a, a, a certain way of thinking that you have to guard your mind that is in Christ Jesus to guard your heart maybe? What is, what is your post? And you may have a bunch of posts. You may have... A whole, a whole list of things that you're a father, a grandfather, you're a, you're, you're a parent or a spouse, a husband or a wife, and you have these different posts. And then the question is, am I being responsible for my post or my family? And am I doing my part? Am I doing my part well? The Bible says it like, like this in Romans twelve verses 1, excuse me, 4 through 21. And I'm going to read it. I don't have it up here uh, because the, the Bible tells us that we can learn through this list. And it's Romans 12, 4 through 21. And then, then I'll get to number 2. The Bible says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts. All of us play a role. We have many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing, for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out which, with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Let me pause on that one. Let it sink deep inside and don't think you know it all. Why did I say that twice? Oh, maybe because God's speaking to me. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. See, when you're responsible for your post, then God can use you in greater ways. And this scripture found in the book of Romans chapter 12 helps us to kind of find that vision in what God wants us to become and then to run with it and to live with it because we, we can't make up for ourselves ourselves. What is good and what is evil? Our hearts are that, uh, it's that uh, unwise. Our hearts are, are desperately sick, the Bible says. Who can understand it? But when we go to the Word of God, oh, now we have a vision that we can run with, that we can write it down. And the number one way the devil starts to pull apart the body of Christ is not when things don't go well in the church. It's not when uh, things are, are difficult in the church. It's not even when there's conflict. There's not even, it's not even when there's sin in our lives. Usually the devil is able to rip apart the body of Christ. The number one way is when there is unresolved sin. It's not sin itself. It's not, it's not conflict. It's when it's unresolved. And the body of Christ starts to be weakened because of unresolved sin but we can resolve things in the body of christ when we remember this is my responsibility no one's going to do this for me we look at this list in romans chapter 12 this is who i'm supposed to be this is who god created me to be and sometimes people they they'll make a mistake or they'll deliberately uh, sin but we still give god's grace. We still let people know that they are loved. We still welcome people into the kingdom of God. And here's the second thing, and I, I have this up here. What the, what the watchman did or the prophet did is that he kept watch so that he could learn from the Lord. And I think we can write that for us, that if we want to run with this vision that God has given to us, not only will it have to start in our homes or we have to be responsible for our own post, be responsible for our own lives and our own growth with the Lord, but we got to keep watch so that we can learn from the Lord, we got to learn from the Lord. Otherwise, where, where where do we learn from? I mean, some of us we learn from our mistakes, and that's one way. But we can learn from our mistakes without the Lord. Isn't it true that uh, when you're doing something wrong, and this may be when you're growing up, that. You're doing something wrong. You know you're doing something wrong, but you don't change. You just keep doing the thing that is wrong. It could be stealing. It could be lying. It could be uh, taking people's things, which is stealing. Or maybe you're using someone else's clothes from your own household, and, and you don't say anything, and you keep doing the same thing over and over. But then when you get caught, now you're sorry. You're not sorry because you were doing the thing wrong. You're sorry because you got caught. Yeah, so we can say, oh, well, I I can learn from my mistakes. Yeah, you can, but usually it's only when you're caught that you will start the learning process. That's usually, if you want to learn by your mistakes, then that means you're going to have to get caught or something will have to go wrong in order for you to learn from your mistakes. So if you're banking on mistakes to teach you, You know how long that may take? You may be very good at making mistakes, not getting caught in it. You might be very good at lying. You might be so good at stealing. You might be very, very good at at, uh, making false reports. You may be very good at sneaking around. You may be very good at, at stashing money from your spouse that she doesn't know of or he doesn't know of. You might be very good at that. What lesson is there to learn? Except to get better at it. But the moment you're caught, then you say, oh, I learned a lesson. So I'd rather learn from the Lord because you don't need to do something wrong in order to learn from the Lord. You can be be doing things that are right and righteous, and you're learning from the Lord. So if you want to run with this vision, and if you want to run with the vision that God has given to you for your life, then learn from the Lord. Keep watch so that you can learn from Him. He's the one that's going to teach us. We don't need to make a mistake in order for us to learn. We can learn directly from the Lord. The question is, are you in His Word? Are you praying to Him? Or do you just rely on Sundays and Wednesdays? If we want to learn from the Lord, then it has to be more than just Sundays and Wednesdays. How many of you guys eat twice a week only? No, just just twice a week only. Not you eat twice a week. But just only twice a week. How about maybe you just eat three times a week? Three times a week? What about four times? You eat only four times a week. Five times a week? Six times a week? Okay. Seven days a week you eat. Raise your hand. Because if you don't, you guys are starving by now. Okay, so most of us, well, pretty much all of us, eat seven days a week. Some of us eat seven times a day. How many of you get? Don't raise your hand but some of us do. We constantly eat. Why? Why do you eat? Because you're hungry. You're hungry. But some of you eat, not because you're hungry, but because the food is there. Like a bag of chips. You're full, but the bag of chips are there. You just keep eating it. It's like right in front of you, like, I can't stop this. I can't stop this. Look, I'm trying to stop. I just can't. It just tastes so super good. And you can't stop. Or if there's popcorn at the movie theater, you eat the whole thing. <laughs> but because there is a refill, you feel like you're wasting money. So you go back and you get a refill. And you're full from food and a whole thing of popcorn. But you still eat that second batch of popcorn. And if you have Munchy crunch, even worse. You keep eating. Why? Because it's there. You have it there. So here's the third thing that I want us to learn. Because we don't just eat food twice a week, therefore we don't just come to church twice a week or hear the Word of God twice a week. We read the Bible and journal every single day. Every single day. Will you miss a day? Probably. You miss a meal, you will miss reading the Bible and journaling every day. You're going to miss a day? You're going to miss two days, sometimes you miss three. I always say this to myself, when I miss one day of reading the Bible, I notice it. When I miss two days of reading the Bible, Heidi notices it. When I miss three days of reading the Bible, everybody else begins to notice it. So read the Bible and journal. It just helps in your spiritual walk and growth with the Lord. That We call that, when we read the Bible and journal, what do we call that? Doing your devotions. Some of you, you'll get into the Word of God and you'll open up the Bible and then you'll read and then you'll turn pages. Some of you will use a Bible app and you'll get on your phone or your, your, your tablet and then you'll go through that. I, I will sometimes use both. And it's just a way for us to read the Bible and journal so that we can learn from the Lord. Remember now, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the book of John tells us. So when you're reading the Bible, guess who you're spending time with? Jesus Jesus and God. That's who you're spending time with. You're spending time with the Lord when you're in the Word of God because the Word became flesh. He is the Word. (laughs) So if you're saying, well, I don't see Jesus in my life. I don't hear God speaking to me. I I I would go back to the first thing of if you're in the Bible and reading. Are you reading the Word of God? Well, I don't understand the Word of God. I, I, I start in Genesis and then when I start reading about creation, I'm wondering how does that apply to me? Well, we have the bookmarker that we go through at the church and what the bookmarker does is it goes through the Old Testament reading and the New Testament reading. So you might begin in the book of Genesis as well as uh, one chapter in the book of Matthew and Jesus will speak his parables and stories and we'll see healing and teachings of Jesus Christ while the Old Testament is talking about where they were pointing towards Jesus. And there are, there are a lot of significance when you start reading the Bible with the Old Testament and New Testament at the same time. And it probably takes about 20 minutes just to read every single day. It doesn't take that long. As long as you spend on Facebook, you could do your devotions. As long as you spend on Instagram, you could do your devotions. As long as you sit in front of the television, you probably can do your devotions. As long as you're on the computer you can probably do your devotions with the same amount of time, sometimes even less. So we, we cannot say, well, I cannot. Sometimes we just choose not to. But if you want to run with the vision that God has for you, you got to get into the Word of God and journal. And it's so important for your spiritual growth. We're never going to mature if we're not being fed the Word of God. Sundays and Wednesdays are not enough. I mean, we're like depleted by Wednesday. That's why many of us come here on Wednesday night. We come on Sunday morning, and we're, by the time come Monday, we're like, when is Wednesday? I'm being spiritually depleted. i got to come to church. or i got to go to church. We put on gospel music. We play the gospel songs on the radio. And then we, we have different uh, scripture memorizations on our cards, and we put it in our car, we put it on our refrigerator, and we just walk by and say, okay, i got to love people today." Oh, man, that's going to be hard. But you put the word of God in you, and you feel that that's enough. And it may help you for that small moment, which it's because it will. It is powerful. It is the Word of God. But if I'm just getting those little bits and pieces here and there, then I'm going to see my spirit start to decline. But i got to get into the Word of God and then journal. And the neat thing about journaling is, as Habakkuk says, you get the Word from God and you record it and you write it down so that you may run with the vision. You write it down. Or you type it in. And it's interesting, as you look back in your journals, you're going to see how God was able to grow you as a person. You're going to look back a couple years and you're going to say, wow, I remember this season I was in. Oh, wow, this was such a difficult season. But God, you're so faithful. You'll read another passage of Scripture in your journaling and you'll say, wow, God, I remember that. That's when we went through a, a difficult season in our marriage. But, boy, you strengthened us. That's what journaling does. That's what reading the Bible will do. So we do that so we can grow and run with the vision. Now, I have three grandchildren. Some of you have children. Uh, They're, you know, still young and you still feed them. And maybe you have a a three-year-old. A three-year-old feeds themselves. Isn't that true? They make a mess, but they feed themselves. The five-year-old, I'm speaking of my grandchildren, the five-year-old, he can feed himself and he does a pretty good job. And if they drop rice or corn on the table, they just clean it up. They just, <laughs> and they clean it up. That's how they do it. But the one-year-old, he's not able to feed himself just yet. He'll, I'll help him and he'll, he'll flick it up and then he'll, he'll kind of get what he can. But he's not that accurate yet. So I still need to help in feeding him. I need to guide his hands, and I need to spoon-feed him. And those are my three grandchildren. They're all at different stages in feeding themselves. But nonetheless, their goal is to feed themselves. Those are my three grandchildren. Now, my eldest son, he's 26 years old. He's 26, 26 years old. I don't feed him anymore. I don't sit next to him and say, hi, Jay, open your mouth, mom, mom. I don't do that. Why? Because he's 26 years old. He can feed himself. He, he's matured enough to feed himself. I want to say this. You are matured enough to feed yourself, to get into the Word of God, read the Bible, and journal. And here's the last thing, because Habakkuk tells us this, to be patient for the vision to become a reality. Be patient. He says, it'll tarry, it'll be, it'll seem like it's slow, but don't worry about it, it'll come. You just need to be patient. The vision will come. You just need to be patient. And for some of you, you have vision. You have vision in your heart, you have vision in your mind. You're saying, God, this is what you want me to do. This is who you're making me to be. But I'm not there yet. It's not happening. Be patient. The vision will become a reality. You just keep at it. You keep moving forward. You keep the vision in front front of you. You keep reading the Bible. You keep watch so that you can learn from the Lord. Be responsible for your post. And you just keep watch and say, Lord, this is who you've called me to be. The vision is not there yet, but it'll come. I know the vision of reaching the lost one relationship at a time is for this church. I'm not quite there yet. I'm a little apprehensive in meeting people. But you'll get there. You will get there. Some of you, you're very, uh, we use the word evangelistic. You're able to reach people for Jesus. You're able to talk to people about the Lord. You have no problems of introducing people to the Lord. You have no problems of uh, inviting people to church. In fact, a couple months ago, maybe, probably two months ago, maybe, uh, I I met this uh, one person, and I'll just uh, call him John, okay? I'll just throw out a name. And I said, hey, John, nice to meet you. And uh, just recently moved here. And so he has been attending church for a while. And then a couple Sundays ago, he came up to me on Sunday morning. And he said, oh, Pastor Sheldon, I want to introduce you to someone. And I said, okay, cool. So he introduces me to this young lady. And she's probably in her younger 20s. And so I said, oh, that's so nice to meet you. She said, this is my first time to your church. And I said, oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Well, we welcome you. I'm I'm so glad to see you and meet you. And I said, so how did you know about our church? And she said, oh, John. I said, oh, you guys know each other a while, grew up together or something? She goes, no. I was on the airplane, and it so happened that he sat next to me, and he just asked me, hey, do you go to church? And I said, no. And he says, then come to mine. And here I am. And she came to church. This Sunday, as I'm praying for people, and I ask people to receive Jesus, her hand goes up, and she received Jesus this past Sunday because someone understood the vision that is to reach the lost one relationship at a time. <laughs> yep. And, and I was just blown away by how God does this. He wants to do this through you. What do we do? We all partner together in our attempts to reach our family and friends and strangers. Because you might just meet someone on the airplane, on the bus, at work, customer service, in the line, passing by, in school, at the gas station, the grocery store. Keep watch. Be responsible for your post. Keep watch because you're going to see those opportunities pop up. And God's going to speak to your heart. He's going to say, okay, you see that person over there? Go invite them. Go invite them to church. Yeah, but I don't know if they go to church. Just ask. Hey, so do you go to church? Ah, no. Well, come to my church. Okay. Yeah, New Hope Hilo, Hawaii. It's up 840 Kupulao Road. Or just go to the website, newhopehilo.org. You'll get all your information there. See you later. Bye. Because I guarantee you this. The people that the Lord puts on your heart are the people that have already been on His and He's been speaking to them all along. All they're waiting for is an invitation. You're the invitation. Run with this vision. Reach the lost one relationship at a time and we'll see people come to know Jesus Christ. And then when we get to heaven, we'll hear the Lord say, not just to us, but to them also, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of of your master. Jesus does not want to spend eternity without us, and he does not want to spend eternity without the people we have yet to reach. Can we do this together? Can you say, let's run with this vision together? Can we do that? Okay. I say amen to that. I'm going to ask if you bow your heads for a moment. We're going to pray and conclude tonight. Lord, we thank you for showing us what it means to love people, what it means to reach out to people. You did that yourself. You were in a perfect place called heaven, and you came to this earth so that you could invite us to be with you in eternity. So we don't want to miss that heart, Lord. We want, to, we want to be able to hear from you, learn from you, keep watch, be responsible for our own post, and at the same time, look for those opportunities that when you speak to us, we're going to be able to invite people with the hopes that they would come to know you as Lord and Savior. We'd invite people to this church. Or if they go to another church, that's great, Lord. Then we could keep praying for them, that they would find you. But Lord, together we're going to do this. We're going to run with this vision, Lord. It's all because you gave us hope. And so as we leave here tonight, let us not forget to run with this vision. We wrote down some things, but we're going to run with it. It may be slow in coming, but we can wait for it. We can be patient. You're going to show up, Lord, at just the right time. We pray this in Jesus' precious name, and we all said, amen.